I'm so sorry I missed making my log last night. I'm going to get better at this. I don't know what it is, but ever since I started working here, it's like my inner clock is set 15 minutes late. Oh, okay, so let me tell you about yesterday. Francine is that blonde lady, the tall one with the scratched up Coke bottle glasses, long unpainted fingernails with a few she always forgets to clip. We greeted each other, howdy, how are you? And then she goes, so Leo, I have a problem. She's got a problem with her apartment, 15F. And I mean, shit, has Split Oak's problems always been here or are they just starting to pile up because of me and how slow I get through my work orders? Anyway. We're talking about Francine's problem, a leaky faucet. Francine got divorced last year. That's why she came to Split Oak. Over the past couple of weeks being here, I've realized that's why most people come. And if they're not divorced, they're widowed or separated. It's a place to stay just for a little while. A pit stop to get your finances in order, look for a new place or clean up your life. Only a little while. It's what they all say. That little while turns into a long while. The grout turns black in the shower, cracks form in the ceiling, and the carpet turns gray. They've had their keys for four years, five, six. The faucet starts leaking. Francine's husband used to do everything for her. That's why he left her. She always tells me she'd turn into a burden, like it's something that magically happened one day and not something that she caused. She forgot how to do things for herself. She's been married 20 years. That's a fucking long time to be married. A lifetime for some. I wanted to be married to my wife that long. It's hard not to talk about Vivian, but she wouldn't want me to. So I'll just say this, I don't know what I'd be if she hadn't come into my life when she did. Maybe I'd be like that leaky faucet. Francine swore she didn't notice it before, but it's there now. Not her fault, the usual excuses. Do our residents not realize the usual excuses or what landed them at Split Oak in the first place? They never meant to cheat on their wives, never meant to gamble their kids' college fund away. They never meant to hurt anybody. No one ever means to do anything, but it's the little things that count, you know? Francine's apartment is clean, white, all hospital corners and quiet. She showed me into the kitchen and opened the cabinet door that led underneath the sink. She parted her trove of cleaning products like the Red Sea, which revealed crop circles, almost, of black mold dotting the wooden panels beneath the pipes. It was creepy. I'd never seen anything like it. I wanted to... <coughs> Francine coughed like she was about to lose a lung. It got me thinking about chunks of 
long shapes of mold splotches. How long have you been coughing like that? I asked. She told me it had been a little over a week. She thought it was bronchitis at first, but now she's afraid she's being poisoned. I didn't respond to that. I think my silence offended her like a tacit agreement that, yeah, she's a little nuts. Will you help? She asked. Mold has been around since the dinosaurs. And it's a war we're still waging. Just look around in your house or your grocery store or your farmer's market. I guess the good thing about mold is that it's supposed to be there. To consume dead things. To keep the circle of life going. I'm sorry. A little free association helps me work out the best solution, so I hope that's alright. So, what should I use for Francine? I'm not sure how bad she's got it. She's been hacking and mentioned bronchitis. The mycotoxins of black mold can release spores that really mess up your lungs and your brain. I really hope she's not that far gone. We'd be looking at a lawsuit. Okay, back to Francine's kitchen. I leaned in for a closer look to make sure I was really seeing the pattern I thought I was seeing. It's crop circle-y, perfect circles and a perfect line. I stared at the mold and followed the pattern from left to right, right to left, making sure my eyes and I agreed on what was right in front of us. And then some of the dots began to, they began to dance? I mean, it wasn't just like, just some sudden knee-jerk movement, it was choreographed. One started to swirl in some kind of pattern, then another, and then another, and then they were all in time. Like there's some kind of design, a plan to it all. Fuck, I knew it. I knew it would come out this way, but you told me to tell you about anything unusual or what was the phrase you used? Off the beaten path. I blinked and things went back to normal and the dance ended. I thought to myself, maybe Francine's scratching her ear because of the mold. That's a textbook symptom too. Has she been living with it for that long and now she's just now noticing? How am I just now noticing? Then all of it, the mold, the dance, pulled me out of Francine's kitchen into some kind of some kind of place I can't explain. Leo, are you alright? Francine stood over me with a strange look on her craggy face. She was worried, scared. I noticed two plastic bags looped on her arms that weren't there before. Why wouldn't I be, I replied. I stood up too fast. I see spots in my eyes. Blue, green, purple. My fingers look like Ash Wednesday. Vaguely black, dark like the mold. And then a moment later, they were my fingers again, pale and wrinkled. Because I went to the store and I came back and you were in the same spot, hunched over under the sink. I just wanted to make sure you were doing okay. You don't have problems with your blood sugar, do you? I didn't want to talk to her about my blood sugar, so I just said, I'll see what I can do about the mold, okay? You talk to a doctor about that cough. Mr. Moody? Mr. Moody? I look up and I see Mrs. Chen in her house coat with Rudy, her labradoodle perched in her arms. 
Mr. Moody, I've been trying to get my casserole dish back from Jesse for a couple of days now. You know, the one from France that my agger got me. You can't get it anywhere here, and I need it for a souffle. I didn't know what you wanted me to do about that. And my stomach was rumbling. I had missed lunch. Mrs. Chen told me I should go get Jesse to answer her door. Apparently, the young woman hadn't come out of her apartment in days and had stopped answering her phone. But when I turned to go, Francine was suddenly next to me, itching her ear. She looked surprised by Mrs. Chen's assertion because she had just been with Jesse yesterday morning. Other tenants started to come out of their doors on the ground floor and on the balconies above. Without a word, Mrs. Chen turned around and disappeared into her apartment. Seconds later, she was scuttling down the stairs, dog still in tow, ready to take me to Jesse's. We darted through the wooded area between the two buildings on the south side of the complex, mindful of those decorative boulders and cobblestones that, I bet if any kids lived here, they would have loved to leap off of. We climbed the stairs of Building C up two floors to apartment C-12. I knocked on the door and Mrs. Chen was right. Jesse didn't answer. There wasn't a sound. Jesse! Hey! Jesse, it's Leo! Is everything okay? Still nada. I looked over at Mrs. Chen who gave me that I told you so look. I used my master key to open the door. When the door finally opens, there's nothing. The watercolors that decorated the entryway have been taken down. The nails in the walls yanked out. All furniture, magazines, and tea towels, silverware, knickknacks from relatives, all gone. I felt a stone in my stomach, and I'd realized I'd officially joined Mrs. Chen in her panic. I tried not to show it. I didn't look at her so she couldn't read my expression. I was about to head back to the office to consider my next move when I noticed something through the glass door that led to the small balcony. I unlocked and slid open the door and kneeled down. It was a set of keys, apartment keys, Jesse's keys, and next to them a dull, broken, blue-colored pencil. Without turning to Mrs. Chen, I asked, Do you know if she had any spare keys? Mrs. Chen said no, with the authority of a best friend. Apparently, Jesse had told her she slept better knowing that she was the only one who could get inside. I took stock of the facts. No spare keys, both the front door and the porch door locked from the inside. My stomach moaned. I wondered if I had missed dinner too. Mrs. Chen and I talked for a few more minutes. Francine saw her yesterday morning, but nobody saw her after that. No one saw a moving van or any boxes on the sidewalk, nothing out of the ordinary. I told Mrs. Chen to take Rudy back to her apartment and settle in for the night. I'd bring her any updates on the souffle dish. Mrs. Chen lowered her eyes at me, but I had no idea what she was thinking. Was her expression of satisfaction? Worry? Maybe she was saying she didn't give a rip about the souffle dish anymore, and I was wrong to bring it up. Her friend was missing. I left the keys and the color pencil where they were in case this was some kind of crime scene. It gave me goosebumps to even think of that phrase, crime scene. As we walked toward the door, I was hit with a smell. A bit faint at first, yet unmistakable. Freshly baked cookies. Oatmeal. My favorite. I turned to Mrs. Chen. Do you smell that? What? That chive smell? No, 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 no. The oatmeal cookies. Is someone baking them next door? She reminded me that the rest of the building was still empty. The units had just been renovated. Overscheduled, didn't I remember? I walked back to the office north of the building, across the bridge, over the little brook that runs through the complex. 
a few of the beans creaked. Haven't gotten to fixing that yet, but, you know, it's on my list. Tuesday had turned Split Oak from a quiet neighborhood into a complex potentially haunted by a phantom baker and a potential crime scene. I'm not sure what part of the job description this falls under. The handbook says, A tenant has displayed uncharacteristic, eccentric, or potentially harmful behavior. I didn't know Jessie that well, but her friends say stealing off in the night without anyone knowing isn't like her. I keep trying to put myself in her shoes. If I were 25 years old, living on my own, painting in my free time, where would I go? Are we under any obligation to find out or make sure she's alright? I'm still new to the policy, so I'm not sure how much time you think I should be spending on this. When you get this, if you get this, just let me know if I should do something, anything, I guess. I'll be on standby. <laughs>